Let us now turn to the Word of God for our instruction in righteousness, for our praise, for our worship as we read His Word, as we learn of Him. Let us turn to the book of Ecclesiastes and the chapter 9. The book of Ecclesiastes and the ninth chapter. We have two readings this evening, first of all from the Old Testament, and then we turn to the New Testament. The book of Ecclesiastes, the chapter 9. This is the word of the Lord. Let us come and hear together God's holy, infallible, inerrant, and sacred word together. The Lord give us ears to hear and hearts to receive his word this night. For all this I considered in my heart, even to declare all this, that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God. No man knoweth either love or hatred by all that is before them. All things come alike to all. There is one event to the righteous and to the wicked, to the good and to the clean, and to the unclean, to him that sacrificeth and to him that sacrificeth not. As is the good, so is the sinner, and he that sweareth as he that feareth an oath. This is an evil among all things that are done under the sun, that there is one event unto all. Yea, also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil, and madness is in their heart while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. For to him that is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love and their hatred and their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more a portion forever in anything that is done under the sun. Go thy way. Eat thy bread with joy, and drink thy wine with a merry heart. For God now accepteth thy works. Let thy garments be always white, and let thy head lack no ointment. Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of the life of thy vanity, which he giveth thee under the sun all the days of thy vanity. For that is thy portion in this life and in thy labor which thou hast taken under the sun. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. I returned, and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding." nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. For man also knoweth not his time, as the fishes that are taken in an evil net, and as the birds that are caught in the snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time, when it falleth suddenly upon them. This wisdom have I seen also under the sun, and it seemed great unto me, there was a little city, and few men within it. 
And there came a great king against it, and besieged it, and built great bulwarks against it. Now there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city, yet no man remembered that same poor man. Then said I, Wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. The words of wise men are heard in quiet, more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. Wisdom is better than the weapons of war, but one sinner destroyeth much good. Amen. Now turn to the New Testament for our reading in the epistle of First John, chapter 2, and reading from verse 12, First John, chapter 2, verse 12, to the verse 17. This is the word of the Lord. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Amen. This is the word of God. May the Lord be pleased to bless that public reading of his most holy, infallible, inerrant, and sacred word. Well, dear congregation, I would ask you now to please turn your prayerful attention to those words that I read to you in your hearing in the book of Ecclesiastes, the chapter 9. The book of Ecclesiastes and the ninth chapter. And I take for my text this evening the words found, at least the second part of the verse 3. Let me read the verse 3 to you. This is an evil among all things that are done under the sun, that there is one event unto all, Yea, also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil. And madness is in their heart while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. And it's the latter part of that verse where we consider men in this world, natural man, except saved by God's free and sovereign grace. What is the condition of the heart of man? 
while he lives. Well, we read it. And madness is in their heart while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. So life, what in life? What in life of the unsaved, of the unconverted? Madness is in the heart of men while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. That is, the spiritually dead, the damned, they go to the regions of the lost, to a place reserved for judgment. We know that the Scriptures declare in Hebrews 9, 27 and 28, it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. We know that the Bible speaks of a second death, and that is to be eternally separated both body and soul, reunited together, to be eternally separated from Almighty God. It is a solemn thing. We are, every day of our lives, just a breath away from eternity. And I want us to think here tonight and to address us all, and particularly those who know not the Lord Jesus Christ, the condition of your heart, not as I put it, but as God puts it in His infallible, inflexible Word. What is the condition of your heart tonight? Well, God has declared it, that there is madness in the heart while you live. And I want us to think about that here tonight. What does this madness look like? You may say, well, come on, preacher. You're being a little bit ridiculous, and surely the Word of God is not saying that I'm mad. Well, that's what God's Word says. Who am I to debate God's Word here tonight? But to simply declare to you, and I want to show you some illustrations, some pictures in Scripture to show you the madness of men's heart while they live, because men know that there is a God. According to my Bible, there's no atheist in this world. The Bible says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. He knows in his head, and he knows by all things created, that there is a God. In fact, the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans chapter 1 that man is without excuse because God has shown it to men that he is. How, you say? Well, Paul says, by the things that God has created, men see his invisible attributes. Furthermore, men know that there is a God because men are made in the image of God. So, well, what do you mean? Well, if you were to read Romans chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, it tells you there. I can give you a few illustrations to prove the text that God's law is written upon the very fiber of your being. Paul tells us, he says there, if you just turn with me in Romans chapter 2, 
how he speaks of the Gentiles who not having the written oracles of the law, you do have the law. But where is it, you say? It's upon your conscience. It's upon your mind. Verse 14, For when the Gentiles which have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law, these things not having the law, that's the written law, are a law unto themselves. They live lawless lives. However, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. You have a conscience. And when you do wrong, conscience says wrong. When you do right, conscience says right. Conscience knows two things, right or wrong. You can go to the most distant tribe in this world. You ask, is it wrong to commit adultery? They'll say, yes, indeed it is. Is it wrong to cheat? Is it wrong to lie? Is it wrong to steal? Oh, yes, it is. Where does that all come from? We are made, each and every one of us, in the image of God. Therefore, when people go to do good, conscience excuses them or else accuses them if they break the law of God. And God is, and the heavens and the earth declare every day, Psalm 19, the glory of God. Day unto day, night unto night, the trees, the leaves, the flowers, all the created order are crying out, there is a God in heaven, and you know it. So man, while he has a conscious awareness of God, knowing that he is made higher than the animal kingdom, knowing that he is, in essence, the pinnacle of all creation, he lives denying God. The fool has said, not in his head, but in his heart. It is a heart problem. There is no God. But I want us to think here tonight about this madness. The heart of the sons of men is full of evil. Here Solomon has been given wisdom by God to survey this world. You think of the wisdom that God gave Solomon. Solomon didn't ask for riches, but he asked for wisdom, and God gave him great wisdom. So that he wrote over 3,000 proverbs and all, of course, given by God. And God gave him that wisdom and that understanding and those observations. He, he saw many things under the sun. And he observed men and he, he watched and he, he saw what riches and wealth could do to people. And in the final analysis, he said, man is evil. Man has a perpetual problem. He has a soul that has an insatiable appetite for everything but God. For he has strayed from God, from the womb, and he is full of pride. And my dear friends, as we come here tonight, we want to think here why the heart is full of evil. And what is this madness? Well, first of all, let's think upon this matter of life and death. Think of the madness of the rich fool. Remember the Lord Jesus Christ who was confronted with a man 
debating over who's the fact that he never got part of the inheritance from his parents, and he was arguing with his brother. And he said, would you, would you contend with me concerning my brother? And the Lord gave him a parable of the rich fool. And it was a farmer who was one who had great yield of his crop that year. And he said, take ease, my soul. Thou hast many years. Build bigger barns. Verse 17 of Luke 12, we read there, And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast must goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool. Because this man was presuming on tomorrow. The very fact that he thought he had many years. Madness. An utter fool. The Lord called him a fool. Here is this man, he spent his time now, because he had all this wealth, building bigger barns. But who said he would be granted one day to live? The Lord said, in fact, tonight, tonight thy soul shall be required of thee. And then whose will these be? We think also of the prodigal son. How he went and he, and pictures all of us who were saved, he went and lived a riotous life. He asked for his father's inheritance. Give me thine, mine inheritance. And he, he went off and he, he went and he lived and he was amongst loose women and unsavory friends. And eventually he had the things of the pigs. But then Luke 15 verse 17 says, and he came to himself. That means formally, he was beside himself. He wasn't in the right mind. He was living in madness, thinking that this is pleasure. Oh, if I could just be back at my father's house, and if I could just be treated now like one of the servants, how I was complaining when I was a son. But now if I could just be treated like a servant, he came to himself. He was living in madness, thinking that his ways were wise. Well, that's the second. But then there's the example, isn't there, in Titus chapter 3, where the Apostle Paul describes those people there on the island of Crete, how they used to live, how they used to be. And he says in Titus 3, 3, for we ourselves were sometimes foolish. That's how we were, he says, as Christians. We, we were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived. We were self-deceived, deceived by the world, deceived by ourselves, serving divers' lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful. Was that a good life? It was madness while we lived, thinking that the world could bring us pleasure, but it only brought us sorrow. He says, look how the unconverted think and live and behave themselves. That's how we were. Now the first thing I would say about 
this madness is the person is preoccupied with sin in this world. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, the chief sin is pride. The chief reason why people do so many things that they do is pride. Self-elevation, self-promotion, pride. I'm not saying there aren't any virtuous or good things that people do, but people so often are preoccupied with life, and in life the sinner goes on sinning, and he continues on sinning and offending God. He can live how he wants. The Bible says a man lives unto himself. He, he lives as if there is no God. And that is a sin when you know in your heart. As you look around this beautiful world and this lovely countryside and you see the creation and you never live to thank God for every day that he gives you. And you live in unthankfulness and unholiness and without any acknowledgement to God. And every day passes by in your life. You continue on in your sin. I'm living to myself and to my own pleasures. And I'm not acknowledging God. And I just want my life for myself. The Lord said, whoever seeks to keep his life will lose it. And as you keep it, you're keeping it for yourself. You were made for God. You were made in his image and you were made to glorify God. But man in his madness, he is preoccupied with sin and his life is one of going on in sin. Jeremiah 4 verse 22 we read, They have not known me, God says. They are sottish children. They have not known understanding. They are wise to do evil, but to do good, they have no knowledge. They don't want to have a knowledge. I want to learn how to get away with things and how to have a life of ease, not to honor God. It was God that I should serve him. My friends, you owe God everything, your life. You didn't speak yourself into existence. You didn't, you didn't even nominate your parents. and Your parents didn't nominate their parents. We all are given original parents, Adam and Eve, and we all have come from them. And ever since Adam and Eve, we've all been unthankful friends. We've all lived to ourselves. And we carry on offending God. And that's madness. While God is omnipotent and has power to destroy us in an instant. The second thing is, when we consider this madness, is that sinners have... No concern about their sin. And the fact that they continue on despite a conscience, as I've already said, people have a conscience. People know they've done wrong things. You know, I often have been alarmed by people, particularly in the open air, as I'm preaching. And they say to me, you know, well, I, I don't go to church, but you know, God knows my heart. They acknowledge there's a God and they say, he knows my heart. Yes, my friend, he knows your heart. And he knows your heart is wicked and is deceitful. Above all things, that men have a conscience about that. And they carry on sinning with the God with whom they have to do. 
You know, it's interesting. People may at times deny God, but you go to their funerals, and oh, how they've picked out all the hymns. Abide with me, Psalm 23. All these Christian hymns. And of course, they want a funeral in the church. Where else would you want a funeral? And the family is speaking about them now in heaven, somehow playing golf. They've never darkened the door of a church. Yet they go on sinning, and they have no concern over their sin. And the God was of purer eyes than to behold iniquity. The God who will judge them according to their sin. Something else that's mad about the hearts of men as we read the text, and while men live, there's madness in their hearts. They don't seek the Lord. They carry on in sin knowing they have a sinful heart, and sometimes they say something like, well, I'm too sinful. I have sinned. Surely God will not have mercy on me. And we speak about the God of mercy. And we speak about Christ and the way of salvation, that He receives sinners, but they still don't seek Him. In madness, they don't seek to be at peace with God war with God every day. And the days roll on. Why? Because they want to continue on in their sin. Those words there in Job 21 verse 15, what is the Almighty, the sinner says, that we should serve Him? And what profit should we have? That's at the heart. If we pray unto Him, what profit shall we have? Well, that's it, isn't it? What's in it for us? If I serve, if I bow to God. You see, that's the problem. It's selfishness in life. They don't seek God. Those words in Romans 3, what do we read? There is no fear of God before their eyes. And we read, and there is none that seek after God. No, not one. You know, many people say, I've sought God. Do you know what they've sought God for? Fix my marriage, please. Could you fix my bank account? Could you get me a better job, God? But not for salvation. Not for forgiveness of sins. Oh, they seek God for all kinds of things, for more sin, for more pleasure, but not forgiveness and not to be at peace with God. That's madness. Another madness is they make a great deal of this world. As men carry on in this world, they make so much of this world. This world, as we have read in 1 John 2, is passing away. Love not the world neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Why would you love this world? This world that cannot meet a man's greatest need, and that is of his soul. 
to be right with God. This world pulls you away from God. And they make a great deal of this world and the things in this world and stuff. My friend, you brought nothing into this world. And just like the Lord said to that rich farmer, he said, you fool. Whose things will these be tonight after your soul is taken from this world? You make much of it. If your years be here, three score, sixty years, or three score and ten, or four score years, what are they? Your years are but as grass, and you perish, and you're gone. And you make so much of this world. You make so much of attainments, of movie stars and celebrities. Young men, what do you make of this world? See the world and all that it has? It's empty. These people aren't really happy. You often see these football stars, they earn a lot of money and they buy these expensive cars and big houses and then all of a sudden you hear of divorces and adultery. Do you think they're happy? Do you think this world will bring you pleasure? It can't. It's empty. It's madness. Don't make much of this world. It's passing. The fifth thing is that sinners are so easily encouraged in their sin. They follow the majority. People are like lemmings. I mean, a sheep is, is, a, is a good analogy for sinners because we, we follow others like sheep. Well, everybody's doing it. It must be okay. It must be good. But it's not. Most people believe in evolution. But people really know it's not true, you see. But it's, it, it, it's a good way to silence God, to switch Him off. People believe the BBC. Because David Attenborough says something. We hold him up. There's a sort of book of knowledge of everything. That man is going to wake up to an almighty shock one day. People talk about evolution. Well, everybody believes it now. The scientists, they, well, they've achieved some, They've achieved nothing. Have you, have you listened to some of the nonsense and the drivel? But so many people are encouraged by the majority. This is madness. Another madness is that there is no God where it leads to. And if there is a God, he's certainly not the God of the Bible. You don't believe that God, do you? God that will send sinners to hell? Well, my friends, gentle Lord Jesus spoke so often of hell. So spoke so often of judgment. And it's madness not to believe him. He who said, I am the way the truth, and the life, that no man comes to the Father but by me. There are not many ways. He said, I am the way. Don't try to be smart like so many people say, well, I'm trying to find the truth. I'm looking for the truth. You know, you're not. My friend, 
The truth is, you know you're a sinner. And you know, many people live in madness. They just pretend they they really hear, but they're not. They may be sitting down listening to a sermon, but their minds can be a thousand miles away. And they're not really interested in the things being said. And they're not real, really concerned about their souls. When you look at these other religions, they're all man-made, and it's man trying to get himself right with an imaginary God. My friend, all of those religions provide no atonement for sin. Only the Lord Jesus Christ does. He came to make satisfaction for the sins of his people. He came to live the life that his people never lived. That's why he is the way, the truth, and the life. By his death, he swallowed up the death, the second death of his people the death of death in the death of Christ. That's what we have. And it's madness not to believe Him. And it's madness to reject the gospel report. The gospel report has gone into all the world. The church has carried on through the ages as Christ has said, I will build my church. It will never be destroyed. It's madness to reject Christ's Word and to pretend there is no God. It's madness to ignore the impending danger which you know you're in. And yet people do that. People can do this with relative ease as well. Conscience can be silenced. Let me just take you there to Psalm 73. Asaph has observed this in the world. He says of this that people can be so self-deceived, it's like they're mad. It's like some opioid in them that has just dulled their senses to reality, and especially the reality of death. Notice Psalm 73, verse 3. Asaph here is comparing God's people with the wicked. He says, For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Now notice, for there are no bands. Now that Hebrew word there means there are no pains in their death. But their strength is firm. That is, even when the unconverted goes to his deathbed, it seems that he can go with relative ease. That's why we read, don't we, in Isaiah 22 verse 13, The sinner says, let us eat, drink, for tomorrow we shall die. And after that, that's it. Just live it up. There have been some very lewd men that have lived in this world. And they have indulged in all kinds of sin with no pain. Because they have lived their lives, friends, and this is a real danger. As if there is no God. Just lived it up. And it seems that as they go to their deathbed, they have no bands, no pains in their death. That's what we read there in Psalm 73, verse 4. But their strength is firm. 
Seems like that they just determined to die. That's how Voltaire was. Although there were times when it seems he was almost somewhat schizophrenic. But there were times just so resolute. You see, he had trained his mind to fight. You won't fight death. It's appointed unto man. Once to die. And after that, the judgment. But what does it say? What does the text say? While you live, there's madness in the heart. And madness is in their heart while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. And this is where I want to seek to draw to a close. It's not the end, my friend. It's not the end. When you die, you go to a worse place. Torment. What is afterlife? Yes, physical death. But one day that body will be resurrected. When you die, your soul goes to the region of the damned. To be lost amongst the damned with the devils. If you live without God, you see, friend, you will die without God. And you will be in his angry presence forever. There's a sense in which hell, we're told, is a place prepared for the devil and his angels. But it is the angry presence of God. You'll never escape him there. Because he has to judge sin. Thank God. While you live, there's time. Notice with me the verse 4. For to him that is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. My friend, people live as if they're lions in this world. We thought of that lion that slew the prophet this morning in 1 Kings 13, didn't we? But he says it's better, better a, for a living dog than a dead lion. You think of that Sumerian woman who was pleading with the Lord. He said, I've come to the Jews. The daughter was ill. She said, yes, Lord, but I know, I, I know that you can, you can heal my daughter. I know that you have power. He said, yeah, I've come to the children of Israel. She said, yes, but even we Gentile dogs, we'll receive the crumbs from the master's table. And you see, that's how you come as a sinner. You do not come as a bold lion saying, I deserve something. But you come as a beggarly dog for you have sinned against God as I have. And God receives such. Better a living dog than a dead lion. What are you tonight? I'm pleased to call myself a dog. 
a nothing. And a nobody. And Jesus Christ, my everything. And my all. If Christ is not everything, is nothing to you, my friend. And you will go to be with the dead. Humble yourself. The Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Turn to the Lord while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his deeds. What does the Lord say? He will pardon. He will have mercy. You see, God's ways are not like our ways. What madness we have lived in. Paul said to the Colossians, we were foolish. We were mad. The prodigal son, he came to himself. And everyone that is to be saved will come by the grace of God, through the preaching of the word and the power of his spirit to Christ. And the Lord said, all that the Father gives me shall come to me. Not might, but shall. And he that cometh unto me, I shall in no wise cast out. Thank God for sovereign grace. Thank God for his mercy to such mad and foolish sinners as we all. Amen.